If ever there was a film that was built for comfort, not speed, it's 1968's Hammer. Well, actually, it's not Hammer. It's uh, it's Tygon. But Tygon and Amicus and, and Tyburn uh, films were very similar and, you know, shared similar actors. More of that in a minute. This is The Blood Beast Terror. It's comfortable. Really comfortable. As I say, 1968 and so many films coming out of this kind of nature. Um, remember Hammer in 1966? won the Queen's Award for Industry. This is a big, big slate of movies for lots of bigger and smaller companies. So comforting this. First of all, we have Peter Cushing um, in this movie. Wonderful actor, Peter Cushing. You know you're in safe hands. Fantastic with props, fantastic with plot lines. You can give him a whole screed of plot and he makes it sound plausible and interesting and exciting. Plus, he's got a, a lovely, gentle feel to him. More about his um, role in a moment. But this movie is, um, well, it's it's about vampire moths. I can't put it any, I can't put it any differently, I don't think. It starts with the, um, with a, a, a sort of English adventurer, all in white, I mean, I mean, bright white with a um, with a, a pith helmet, white pith helmet with a little accoutrement at the back to keep the sun off the off the neck, if I remember rightly. Being um, paddled up a river, which we are, I think, meant to feel is an African river or something like that, by two um, gentlemen who are supposed to be African natives. I think clearly this is a very verdant UK. Because when he gets out of the, the boat, he steps straight into real mud. Now, that probably wouldn't be happening in a, in a certainly at this time, in a sort of um, drier climate that you might find uh, in African countries. But anyway, it does add some more nostalgia. You sort of know these trees don't look like the kind of thing that you might see on documentaries about Africa. or They look like stuff that might be around... Pinewood, for instance, and that's part of the nostalgia, you know. So many horror movies are set in Pinewood, in the woods around Pinewood, all of that. It's a signifier, it's a semiotic signifier that we're in safe hands and this is not going to give you anything that might worry you or challenge you or concern you or actually, here, frighten you. It may, call the blood, may be called the Blood Beast Terror, but there's not a lot of blood and there's not a lot of terror, to be honest. More of the beast in a bit. So, he collects specimens. Now, back in, uh, in Blighty, of course this is set in uh, 19th century, Victorian times, because that's a signifier as well. This is a sort of Hammer movie, and consequently, they are, quite a lot of them, set in Victorian times, so there's some comfort as well. Quite a lot of people have been um, found dead with their throats, ripped out and a coachman who hears a blood-curdling scream stops the coach and takes a blooming long time to put his whip away and things like that then goes to uh, and sees one of these terrible sights and becomes babbling and incoherent he's been put in the mental hospital um Peter Cushing's character said later on but um he talks about some kind of creature from the sky so Peter Cushing who is playing a policeman 
in this uh, in this movie. He's Inspector Quinnell, and he's got the um, the help of Glyn Edwards. You know Glyn Edwards. Done a load of movies, including um, Get Carter, but also probably best known as uh, as the barman in uh, is it called Dave in um, in my day, large V H E R F A that sort of thing. He's here as Sergeant Allen, giving very robust um, help. And what this becomes is a sort of a sort of Sherlock Holmes type type thing because you've got um, you've got Inspector Quinnell has to travel to a different part of the country and he has to go undercover with his sergeant, Sergeant Allen, to uh, to find out what's happening here. First of all, he's got feelings that this will be a um, this is some kind of um, eagle. And so he goes to see uh, Dr. Carl, Dr. Carl Malinger, who's played with uh, twitchy intensity by Robert Fleming, who's um, who has birds, but he's it's not the birds that are the that are the, the problem. He is some kind of Baron von Frankenstein who is um, doing experiments on well moths, I suppose, because he's created what can only be called a sort of well, I suppose a Dracula moth, a weir moth, a, and that that um, weir moth who transforms. After Dark is played by Wanda Ventham, who I mean, she, she did a lot of sort of uh, horror, Hammer Horror and Amicus and Tygon movies, and I really like her work. Um, I, I know other people who aren't so keen, but I like her kind of um, her kind of base sort of feeling of desire, you know, sort of need. I really like that. I, you know, it's it's. It has a sort of voluptuousness, which I, which I really like, um, which you don't often get in Hammer movies and Amicus movies and Tygon and Tyburn movies. I'll be naming those four studios again before the end of this podcast, I suspect. So she is the one who's perpetrating all these terrible um, deaths or killings. I don't think I've spoiled it too much for you. I'm not quite sure that you will be watching this. And it's quite clear early on what's happening. The feeling is generally chummy. In fact, in the middle of this, um, Brightwell, the um, the all-in-white uh, entomologist that we, that we saw at the beginning of the movie, comes to see Malinger because he's got some more um, moths for him, chrysalids for him, and uh, sits um, through a short performance uh, by uh, uh, locals with Dr. Malinger there um, of Frankenstein, a sort of Frankenstein genre type type play. So you've got a bit of that, you know, with all of the uh, all of the metal boards for the for being rattled for the lightning and all of that. So it does have a feeling of well, this is actually quite fun, isn't it? All this it's rollicking. I mean, and you do have Cushing working throughout to add some energy. He's the main source of the energy here. He needs to um, to solve this situation. He needs to solve before any other people are killed. And he seems to be the only one who has any kind of uh, push, impetus, concern about all of this. Um, people turn up dead in, um, in a fishing lake. The bodies are piling up 
and uh, and actually there's um there's a little cameo from Roy Hutt as a sort of mortician I suppose someone who looks after the bodies who's doing quite a lot of pop-eyed gurning in it he's uh, and trying to make jokes you know um for instance um there's some comment about people being dead or their necks being clawed. My Tomcat's been missing for a while. He says things like that, which sort of are, are just there to lighten the mood. And there's quite a lot of lightening the mood. Don't get too frightened here. We'll just add some gags for you and you can be sure that this is what you've seen before. Eventually, well, we have, first of all, some loving trust. As Inspector Quinnell goes to um, a local hotel where one of the guests who's a who appears to be dubbed or post-synced in some way, is a, uh, a local builder who's done very well for himself, and his son is there, and he is a local... Um, he's a, a sort of amateur etymologist as well. He um, He's there to um, to catch butterflies, and um, Inspector Quinnell's daughter, and he seemed to hit it off in some way. It, I mean, it, it does seem like they're two very young kids sort of getting to know each other. They're much older than that, but that's the way it's written. Eventually, of course, what the uh, what the builder's son does is go to the, the house, Dr. Mallinger's house, where uh, he wants to ask about whether something he's, he's discovered is a death's head moth, which is unusual to find in that area, you see. Usually found in sort of African countries. Nod, nod, wink, wink. And Dr. Mallinger's not there, but Claire Mallinger is. She says, oh, this is definitely a death's head. Oh, you're a moth expert. Yeah, she's definitely a moth expert because she walks him back and she's found by the sergeant and by the inspector transformed into the moth. As a side issue, Dr. Mallinger has tried to make good because he realises now how... um, what a killer she is and he's been trying to make a mate for her but he won't do that anymore so of course he takes an early bath because she's not happy with that so the sergeant and the inspector find her transformed about to do away with the young amateur etymologist and uh, the ending's a bit well it's sort of it's not rushed but it's not given really a lot of air as a moth to a flame, yes, you see, they have a sort of flaming torch and that's what ignites the moth and the moth dies and then um, transforms into uh, Claire, Wanda Ventham. It's Wanda Ventham, they said. They don't say that, no, but you know, there you go. And we end with, they never believed this back in, back in Scotland Yard, they never believed this anywhere, something like that. That's it, credits up, done. It does seem a bit utilitarian, to be honest. And, um... It's really only good to watch for Peter Cushing's performance, which is, as usual, immaculate. But there is no fear here. There is a little bit of blood, and it's the usual Kensington gore that Hammer and Amicus and and Tygon and Tyburn... See, I told you. told you I'd be doing those four studios again before the podcast was out. It's what they usually use, and that's great. It's that really bright blood. But... You wouldn't be worried about, I'm frightened to go to bed on my own now because a gigantic moth might get me. And what it is really is, you don't see it very often, but it looks like it's somebody in a suit with um, sort of 
bright red eyes. You know, big, big, uh, you know, those big eyes, those compound eyes. I mean, it should be frightening. It really looks like some kind of costumey And, you know, it's it's comfortable and it's nice. And it's it's directed with real comfort by Vernon Sewell. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's one of those things that you'd enjoy watching. It was probably, um, I mean, it, it, it's been called a lot of different things. It's been called the, uh, the Vampire Beast Craves Blood say what you see and also blood beast from hell and death's head vampire death's head vampire is quite a good one actually that's like a good name for a punk band and it, it, it was released as a double a double header of course it was with um, slaughter of the vampires so it's a kind of movie that is comfortable to watch that you know what you're going to get it provides you with that and i suppose there was money in that and i suppose there was there was enjoyment in that. I certainly enjoyed watching it as an entertaining piece of hokum because I know exactly what was going to happen. And that shouldn't be discounted. But maybe this movie should. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.